0: Hello, and welcome to episode thirteen of the Ammo Hour Podcast. Uh, I think this is probably about, let's just check. Leave nothing to chance. 19th of April, 21st of June. That's a good guess. We are two months after the last episode went live, which is uh, obviously not ideal. Uh, I made a little video uh, before uh, episode 12, just saying that you know things were now getting back to normal for me. So I opened uh, my first business, uh, my barber shop called uh, the Ammo Barber Co. Um, following the theme here you can see um, the football season's gone back, the football club that I helped run and founded which is Glasgow Saints FC, we help with a lot of charity in the community as well, Um, my band stuff, we really need to get demos together for recording this next album, our vinyls are nearly here and it's getting everything prepped for sending those out, so everything has just dropped into my lap at the exact same time coupled with the fact that obviously covid thankfully is now going the the right way um you know where i live and things are opening up here in glasgow which means i can now see family i can now do things with my wife which we haven't certainly done anything yet but so there's all these kind of stresses and pressures, which I'm sure every single person who listens to this, every single person who doesn't, is feeling just now. Um, we've, we should be really happy and thankful that life is returning, but we've filled our lives up with so much to fill that void of kind of normality and work in that, where's the space now that all the other stuff's coming back to it? So I am feeling quite stressed, Get a bit anxious from time to time trying to find where this equilibrium um lies um and where the balance uh, is gonna is gonna happen. Some things are gonna need to be sacrificed. I'm gonna need to make some changes somewhere, because yeah, I <coughs> can't do everything. It just stretches you you too much. And every single thing is positive. <laughs> like there's not a bad thing here. So I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but for me. I'm gonna to have to find out what needs to stay, what's serving me, uh, and and what's kind of can be trimmed because there's not space to do everything. I want to keep these podcasts going. Number one, I was speaking to a gentleman um in my chair the other day while I was cutting his hair. He's someone I've wanted to get on the podcast because uh, we always have great conversations, and I was saying to him that not only everything i've just explained in terms of times uh, and and not having as much availability to do so but i'm also for me having these conversations again with my clients and with my friends being able to you know have them in my shop again being able to meet friends out for a beer and stuff like that back at training and football so i'm probably Getting my fix of that, which was probably a big reason for starting this podcast, was to make sure I was still having these conversations. However, it wasn't the only reason I set up this podcast, and a, and a big one was also to just make sure that these conversations that I was getting the benefit of, I was being able to share them with people who maybe weren't, maybe aren't in a situation or a place where there's a bunch of interesting conversations going on. Um, and. I certainly get so much from podcasts, from being able to listen into really good conversations and people being open and honest about things. Uh, so I want to make sure that I'm ticking that box as well because uh, I'm lucky enough to know people that have a lot to share and a lot to pass on. So I think before um, I dropped the ball with the whatever, I kind of said that maybe it would change from weekly to fortnightly, maybe maybe it would become a monthly thing. At the moment, I'm just not going to goal set. If you're still listening, uh thank you very much. If you're just popping on for the odd episode, I don't blame you because I'm not pushing it out uh, as a streamlined um, kind of uh, format at the moment. But what I will do is make sure that I work through my list of great guests and I put them out in a manner that, that I can. And I'll make sure that each episode is as good as it can be um, rather than just trying to... Uh, Get them out as quick as I can. So that being said, today's guest is a phenomenal uh, young athlete. Um, he plays for St Johnston, my home team. Um, he plays for the Northern Ireland national team. He's won two cups, which hasn't been done since the the 80s. Out with the old firm, uh, won the League and Scottish Cup double. They finished in the top half of the league and they're in Europe, all for a club which is uh, one of the lowest budgets in the league. Uh, his name's Ali McCann, he's a player with a very bright future. Um, recent quote from the St Johnson chairman was, if Ali McCann's going to leave this club, it will be for a club record fee. Um, there's everything you know, going the way for this this young man um, to suggest that his career's going to be a very, very successful one. Um, but he's a very, very humble guy, we spoke just now. Um, and you know, nothing seems to faze him, he's he's not uh, got his head in the stars, he's just enjoyed a very, very great season, a continual rise in his uh, career, and all accounts I think that's gonna be the way it goes for him, um, so yeah, very, very thankful of his time. If you're newly joining this podcast because you're a St Johnson fan, I hope I ask the questions you guys would like to hear. If you're not a St Johnson fan, I hope you can just take a lot from a, an inspiring young man um, doing absolute very best possible for him at this point in his career. So it's great to speak with people doing that in any field. So without further ado, this is episode 13, a uh, long-awaited return for some of the Ammo Hour. Thanks so much for checking it out. Um, and as always, you can get 20% off um, any of our merch. Uh, and you can just find that on the link tree. If you just type in the Ammo Hour at checkout, and our link tree is on our Instagram page, so just search the Ammo Hour on Instagram, uh, and that's a wee thank you for the listeners. Um, So yeah, you can watch this if you're listening, or you can just listen if you've been watching and you need to leave the house. All the links are on that Instagram page, so at the Ammo Hour. So again, thanks so much, and thanks so much to Ali McCann. Here's episode 13. Okay, I'm here with cup double winning St. Johnston and international footballer for Northern Ireland midfielder, Ali McCann. How are you doing, Ali?
1: I'm very well. How are you?
0: Great, man. Great. It's uh, As a St. Johnston fan, an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you. And uh, I'm sure you're buzzing after uh, that season.
1: Oh, I know. It's been unreal. Ever since sort of, the Fairfield Cup itself was sort of unreal in itself. And then just have the Scottish Cup after that is just madness, to be fair. Couldn't have expected anything like that.
0: And then obviously, you know, the international football as well. I think, you know, if you'd even had that on the CV this season, it would have been a success, I'm sure.
1: I know, even to be involved in the squad at the start of the year was kind of crazy in itself, being with all the players that they've got there. I mean, to play in the last few camps as well has just been crazy. As I said, if I'd said that at the start of the season, I would have said you're mad. But...
0: And then to get the goal as well.
1: I know, yeah. me hitting hope it was... Uh have <laughs> had a few chances for them, but it's lucky I put it away.
0: Well, yeah. Before we kind of uh, come round to obviously, I don't want to make it so biased because uh, I do these these chats with a range of different people. So having a St Johnson player on is, uh, <laughs> I don't want to make it all about my my kind of uh, chats and questions. But how I wanted to know, I know obviously your um, your mum and dad aren't Scottish, are they? Is it English and Northern Irish? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So was it always? I mean, how did you feel as a youngster growing up? Did you wear Scotland tops? Did you wear England and Northern Ireland? What was your dreams growing up?
1: I wore whatever was given to me, to be fair. Yeah. didn't really uh, cross my mind at that, anything about international football, because I'd had no anything until I was maybe 19, and then Northern Ireland approached me, and I was like, it's a no-brainer. They Mm -hmm. expressed an interest. So then I was like, I've got strong connections over there, so I thought, may as well go for it. And then one thing just led to another. And then I loved it since I started. I loved playing there, so then I was like, I may as well stay here because I was enjoying it so much.
0: That's brilliant. Did um, Scotland try anything? Did they try and get you back or anything? <laughs> no, I don't even think they know I'm I
1: live over here.
0: So. <laughs> they, they've got quite a track record of letting like top players slip under the radar. You know, MacArthur, McCarthy, McGee, yeah, yeah. and I think you'll go down as one of them as well, to be honest. Um, so there's something going wrong there, but obviously fantastic for Northern Ireland and uh, yeah, they look like they've got a good crop of uh, players. Kind of, they missed out this time, obviously you guys have, but it looks good for the future for you.
1: Yeah, it was it was disappointing. I think we lost in the playoff final when Scotland obviously beat Serbia. It was the same stage as that, so mm-hmm. it was going It was an extra time so the winner that Slovakia scored against us, and it was it was very disappointing. But it's all right. We'll we'll go again. There's plenty more campaigns to come. Hopefully, anyway, for for me. But it's a good, it is a good group. It's a great group. It's a good blend of sort of experienced pros that have been in before. Because obviously they were in the last Euros, and it yep. was a great campaign. Seeing the fans and all that when they were there, They looked it looked unreal. So then, sort of, and they tell you about the stories and stuff, and you just think to yourself, how good it'd be to be involved in something like that, which I'm sure the Scotland boys are experiencing now.
0: Yeah. Now I'm sure as well, mate. I mean, obviously, yeah, disappointing to miss out. But like you said, your age and the, and the level of the boys in that camp must must be phenomenal. And, yeah, the only way will be up. And I guess, you know, at least it's not like this is going off to some glamorous place. You know, the games are kind of uh, just <laughs> in the in the hometown. So just get on the plane for the next one, mate, and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's a plan, Big time. Um, so, kind of ringing back to, to St Johnson, um, you were in the Youth Academy when we won the Scottish Cup, is that right?
1: I was, yeah. It was my first year. I joined just the under-15s in that year.
0: So were you scouted from Edinburgh, kind of school boys clubs, by St Johnson?
1: Uh, yeah, so it was, uh, there was a group of us that played for Hutchie Vale, which is kind of like a big boys club in Edinburgh, and there was five of us that, went, that joined that year. Just, we all went up together. All signed for the under 15s there, and then that kind of made it easy to get buried in because I knew sort of half the people that, in the team. So yeah. I think it was Alistair that, that had a contact, Alistair Stevenson, who's head of Ethics and Johnson, had a contact at Hutchie. And then my dad told me that they were, they were interested, then I thought, may as well go and have a go. And I loved it ever, ever since I went up. So it was, I think it did make it easier that it was five of us there, so it wasn't so many like a brand new group, but it was, it was brilliant.
0: You'd is um to thank sorry for mate. Alistair, oh. that. Yeah, that's grand. Um, it's cool that they've got those networks because obviously Saint uh, Perth's not a huge place, so important that you know they have a pool uh, out with that.
1: Yeah, so I think he, I think Alistair was at Hibbs before, so I think he's got he knows people in Edinburgh. So I think that there's some sort of connection there.
0: That's brilliant. Were the cares part of that?
1: No, he was a, he's a few years older than me, so he was at the other boys' club. Right. Castle, which is kind of Hutchie and Tiny, are two certain big ones in Edinburgh, so he was in the other one, and nice. he was
0: years older than me. Ah, oh, that's good. Um, just quickly on, Jason Kerr, as a fan, you see a lot of uh, a lot of players on the pitch being super vocal, you know, um, obviously Perth boy Liam Gordon, um, you know, McCart can, can show a bit, Xander... Kerr always looks quite quiet on on the pitch, Jason Kerr, but obviously he's been picked as a very young captain and, and has done some incredible things. So, are his leadership qualities about more than just the traditional barking orders and things like that? Uh, I
1: wouldn't say he's quiet, but he just looks at it next to Gordy <laughs> yeah, completely. Like, I
0: guess so. Like
1: chemistry, he's big fog on at the back, so you can't like. Jason looks quiet compared to him, but. He's still, he's still getting at you telling you, like, talking you through the games. It may not be as noticeable, but playing alongside him probably over the past 18 months, he's grown into that role, and he's just get like better and better. It's probably been reflected in his performances as well. So sort of the last six months he's been brilliant. and I was actually surprised he's not been, sort of, had any international recognition, to be honest, but I'm sure the fans, Saints fans have been saying the same thing for ages, but yeah. Like,
0: I thought, I thought he'd be in with a show, but it's not my chance, is it? hundred percent. I think um, any of the back three, um, you know, Xander. over, you know, it's no it's no um, diss to, to anybody in the Scotland set John McLaughlin at his age and the performances he's played for Rangers, I don't know why he wouldn't just take a younger guy and give him the experience of that. And Obviously, Rooney, um, O'Donnell, O'Donnell did really well against England, but I think against Czech, you're looking for somebody who would really put them on the back foot and, you know, it's the kind of player he is, but yeah, that'll, that'll come, I'm sure. You've, you've got your chance and I'm, I'm sure others will follow. Um, what, what do you think, obviously Callum Davidson's like a brand, brand new manager uh, in there, but has been around the club a long time coaching. Um, what, what do you think it is that's made him be able to really just galvanise you all? Because obviously you're such talented footballers, um, but a really young group, which is why it's so impressive that, you know, the strength of character in games when you've been behind and to just go again, and especially in such a tough year, it's just phenomenal. When you, when you actually look at the achievement and try and take the kind of emotional reaction away from it, it really is a phenomenal achievement, you know?
1: I know, yeah, it's, it is crazy, to be fair. It's a sort of type of thing when I see a photo of something that just makes you, reminds you of it and you sort of think about it, like I saw a photo of Xander running away after the Rangers, well, his, not his goal, Cain's goal, but yeah. him, him claiming the goal. Yeah. Uh, it, it just makes you think, like, that's incredible. like, And it was just mad at the time. And it gets even better every time you look at it. But his, the manager, as you said, he's came in, but he, saw, he knew everyone already, so it, was, it wasn't that much uh, a change from when Tommy left. It was just, uh, he's had his own styles and his own sort of system that he's put in place. And it, it's probably evident to the fans that sort of the first few months it was kind of a teething process maybe mm-hmm. like we were playing well but we weren't scoring enough goals and like finishing off the chances we were making and then ever since maybe November, December it's all been clicking and hopefully, hopefully that can continue anyway.
0: 100% I think a lot of um, I'll be included in this um, you know armchair football fans you just seem to think, because people play a lot of FIFA and Football Manager, that you know, you change a formation and it just works, but you don't understand, like, it, it takes a, quite a, while, a long while to bed that in, doesn't it? And people understanding where they're moving and, and where they're covering and things like that, but it, it was obviously just going to take some time, but you know, he's proved everybody everybody wrong who was criticising early doors.
1: Yeah, well, it was, it was different because, Rick told Tommy, we, we sort of played a three at the back sometimes, but it was usually like a 4, two, four five, one type job, so it was pretty standard. Everyone knew what they were doing and it did take a few, maybe, I'd say maybe 10 games to get into. For me personally, I felt just once you get used to it and everyone knows what you're doing, it works brilliantly. Mm-hmm. But there was a few times where you got caught, like <clears throat> half doing stuff and half sort of wanting to revert to older stuff, but it's just testament to him that he stuck to, stuck to his guns and then, I mean, it's worked in the end so no one can say anything really. And, it, and it's actually... Now that so, I'm so used to playing in it, it would feel weird playing
0: in the other way. You know? Yeah, I saw some sort of. I, I'm sure it was this was the stat that it was only Livingston and the Old Firm that had beaten you since December or something.
1: Yeah, something like that. Aberdeen as well, maybe. But.
0: And that's phenomenal, you know. It's if you even take the cups away and the and the resurgence from the bottom of the table right up to getting the top six, like that just shows that. Once that clicked for you boys, there was no upsets really.
1: I don't know, yeah, but that was that was the problem because we were still we were actually dominating quite a lot of teams, but we just see like a stupid goal, lose one 0 and then teams would camp in. And we just wouldn't get that goal, and it'd just be frustrating. Like,
0: yeah. but
1: towards the end, like the back three have been like unbelievable. The, the three of them are like brilliant. Like, I'm surprised that there hasn't been, as I said, international recognition or interest from other teams and stuff. Not that I want that to happen, obviously, because
0: yeah, well, of course.
1: The longer we have them, the better. But yeah, they're, just, they're three and they're young. They're all young, and they're all Rooney. You can put Rooney in, in that as well. They're, they're all they're just brilliant.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously you know as as more than anyone though that that starts from from the front to the back. You know, it's not just keepers and defenders that, that keep the clean sheets. And I think a guy who's taken a wee bit of criticism over the years for maybe not scoring as many goals um, as Chris Kane, but I think he's shown you know his value and his worth to th- absolutely phenomenal, and, and he has improved the goal scoring, but even if he hadn't, that like kind of pressing and leading from the front, and then you guys in the centre mid, you work so, so hard, so it's a real team effort, those clean sheets. Yeah, it
1: is, well, Kane, also oh, this is probably the first year where, I, like, he knew before the stick he got, and well, I always thought, like the players always knew the value that he had to the team, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean, but it sometimes went unnoticed. But this year sort of been slightly different, where the work he has done, and so, so many fouls he buys every single game, which be mm-hmm. still going to play against. But he's just, he's brilliant. And then, as you said, he's added a few goals to his game, which, is, which has helped us as well.
0: Yeah, it's phenomenal. Because I think at a club like St. Johnson, it's never like, <clears throat> it's never, I mean, obviously... You, I've moved to Glasgow a few years ago, I was a season ticket holder as a, a younger man, <laughs> but I don't get through as much now, um, but I've never really heard any kind of nastiness from St Johnson fans, but you know, it can be a wee bit like petulant, so I'm glad that he's probably got that off his back, people are now going, listen, let him do his thing. Yeah,
1: well, he's been playing with, playing with confidence, I think, ever since, yeah. ever since from, like November onwards, probably coincided with the team doing that as well, but he's... He started, he's scoring goals and you probably saw in the Cup Finals particularly mm-hmm. the amount of effort he put in and the amount of work he put in
0: 100% it's
1: just the fouls he buys it's, it's, I, just, I just think like, that must be an absolute nightmare to play
0: against yeah there was that start from the last World Cup I think with uh, Giroud <laughs> you like this? You can tell him he's getting compared to Giroud, but he, um, you know he didn't have a single shot on target. But like Griezmann and Mbappe were saying, well, why do you think we played so well? You know, and I'm sure our wingers at St. Johnson no, love exactly love that they can kind of feed off him, and that's why they're getting a lot of joy.
1: I know, yeah, he covers the ground it's defensively as well. He helps us out in, the, in the centre mid, so it's just it's brilliant. He holds it up, and it's. It's probably about time he got the praise that he's deserved.
0: Yeah, that's class, mate. Um, When you were growing up, what kind of uh, players were your kind of idols? Or or even now, who would you kind of like to watch and and try and take bits from?
1: Uh, Well, I always, sort of, growing up, we watched that. the Barcelona were the best team for me in Spain and that. So Xavi and Iniesta and even Busquets, the three of them just popped it around and it was just, like, scary to watch. Mm -hmm. So I'd say when I was growing up and sort of paying most attention to football, was that, was that sort of, like, watching Champions League and that, was, they, they were unreal.
0: No one can touch them, eh?
1: <laughs> Not that we do anything like that. But <laughs> like, I
0: actually, I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't know, make, make you uh, feel awkward here, but I, when I'm describing to, uh, you know, someone asking about, oh, that Ali McCann, you're a St. Johnson fan, I think you're very, like, Wilshire-esque, and I guess he was quite, he got a lot of comparisons with, like, the Lamesia style, you know? Yeah. I think just, like, you know, shorter, but certainly not um, letting that get you pushed off the ball. Like, really good low centre gravity, really good turn. And don't overcomplicate it. I think, again, guys like me, you know, we applaud the big, huge 40-yard passes. But we don't realise that, you know, in a game, it's the 50 shorter ones that make the possession, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, that's what I try and do, try and keep it simple occasionally do I try something a bit more a uh, bit more out there but if I can just do my sort of simple things it'll help everyone else because if I if I can pass the ball to like Spoonie or something like that he can dribble past people right? mm-hmm. and he can dribble past people I'm not going to go and touch it by five guys and run it past it but if I can pass it to them further forward then it's going to help that's the way I think about it and it's everyone's tack, I
0: yeah everyone's got their own job you know like you say that, you might not dribble past three or four people, but to have that energy to, to take the ball and just continue to recycle it, like that's, that's a, a big skill as well, and uh, obviously if everyone could do it, they'd all be international players, so it's uh, certainly not an easy thing, is it? And, uh, uh, I
1: know, can't the people that I'm, I'm playing alongside, if you know what I mean. Every time I've been, I play, we've got at least a guy next to me that's played 300, 300 games or something like that, so it does make my life easier. They taught who, me the whole thing.
0: Who are the, the standouts maybe behind the scenes or in training? Um, obviously, you know, we see it on a game and, and you get a man-of-the-match performance from from people, but who, like, maybe not even if it was surprising, but who kind of just, like, blows your mind in training? Like, just a cut above?
1: Uh, well, technically, I'd say Spoonie's the best player.
0: Yeah.
1: In training and stuff, some of the stuff he does. He does that chop that I, I still don't know why people don't know that he's going to do it, but it still fools everyone. You know what I mean? Everyone goes for it. He's been doing yeah. it this. But uh, I'd say him technically, yeah, he's he's a joke. I'm surprised he hasn't. Like he's doing this Canada thing now, which is brilliant. And he's getting getting some getting some praise, which is good for him. It's we see it every day, and it's he it is it is brilliant.
0: I think um <clears throat> it was quite uh it went under the radar a little bit when St. Johnson snapped him up from Hibs, because I remember just seeing him play like Scott. Maybe like Scotland unders. Maybe I'm wrong there. I think he did. Yeah, he did. I think he did.
1: Thought, I'm sure he at some, at
0: some stage. And at Hibbs, and I thought he looked class there, and then everyone was saying that's a Perth guy. And I was wondering why he had not been at St Johnson. And then when we got him, I thought, how have we managed to snap him up? You know, he was at a great age when we signed him up. And
1: yeah.
0: you look at his achievements, like how many games he's played for us now, how many European campaigns, the Cups. He must go down as, if not the best, one of the best St Johnston players ever.
1: Ah, he's got to be up there, to be fair. He was, he, it's especially how emotional he was getting after the Scottish Cup final.
0: It was like Ryan Christie for Scotland, wasn't it? <laughs> it was just fun.
1: Just,
0: he loved it, doesn't he? he just, right, 100%. And uh, what about in the, the Northern Ireland camp? What do you mean? Who's, who's your top player there, would you oh, say?
1: Uh, he's... Well, Davis is, is unbelievable. He sort of kind of I'd be watching him to try and sort of replicate you know again, what he does. He doesn't do anything to sort of extraordinary, but he just does the basic things pretty much hundred percent well every single time of, he trains or when he plays. Yeah. He barely ever gives the ball away, like barely misplaced the pass and stuff like that. He's just he's brilliant. And even yeah. ones that play in Prem as well, you can just the intensity, intensity like Stuart Dallas and. Johnny Evans and stuff, the intensity that they do stuff at is just like, it's a different level. But it's just one of them things you sort of got got to get used to. The first few training sessions, I was a bit like, this is quick. But then you just sort of get used to it as you, as you get going.
0: So it's just the speed, is, everything's just so much faster?
1: I just, yeah, intensity, the speed of the passing a couple of times <laughs> bounced off my foot and I was like, oh. I'm in trouble Like after a few sessions, you get used to like the speed of the press and sort of one-touch stuff. It's just it's good once you be alongside it and get sort of familiar with it all. You just get sort of adapt to that sort of game.
0: Yeah, i um, Johnny Evans. I think he's one that would probably still. If Van Hall hadn't have sold him, he'd probably be in the in the United team now. He's been phenomenal for Leicester ever since he moved.
1: I know he's he's so underrated for. He's not sort of just. He does everything. He'd be pinging left foot diagonals mm-hmm. like, onto people's toes now. and I'm, and I'm like, that's that's incredible. But it's no surprise that he has played. Even though he's not been he left United at some stage, he's still been playing in the Prem and now he's at Leicester and then what a top sixteen these days, I think. And he plays in, week out, so it just shows how good he is.
0: Yeah, he's one big things with them as well. So it certainly hasn't been a step backwards. Um, our captain in uh, the Glasgow Saints team he's uh, Stuart Dallas's like number one fan club he absolutely <laughs> loves him I, he's, from, he's from Northern Ireland as well but um, but yeah it's, his fitness levels under Bielsa must be through the roof eh?
1: oh no it's, it's incredible he just plays every pretty much every single minute but I think he was saying that Bielsa like loves it if he plays all the games He'd, he's not like a manager that'd be annoyed at him like being tired coming back he said that he also like loves it like the more they play the better just to sort of and he's talking about the training that they do i think it's well known about that sort of murder ball thing they just yeah. play a game and then when the ball goes out one gets chucked right back in you got a spin over there and it just seems like it's like a different level which would be interesting to be a part of but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's, it's difficult but it's clearly paying off because he, he never stops running the other so
0: I mean, just from a normal point of view, but when you're very fit, if you're ever at your fittest, it's probably easier to maintain that. Um, so he's obviously talking about the rhythm and stuff there, but yeah, I guess there's a, a natural fatigue as well that you need to try and stay away. I'm sure, I'm away sure
1: from. The fa- if you did that, the first few weeks would be like be like tough, like proper tough. But I'm sure you'd get you'd get used to it, and then you start of maintain, as you said, maintain that level, but. It would just be interesting to sort of sit and watch it and see what it's like.
0: Oh, big time. Yeah. What's, um, sorry, mate, on you go.
1: No, not quite.
0: I was just going to say, what's a kind of typical, because I know a lot of the St. John's players, you know, they don't live in Perth and stuff. What's a kind of typical day as a St. John's player? A training uh, day, maybe.
1: It's, I'm sure it's standard at most clubs, but this week's been, this year, sorry, it's been quite annoying because you've got to drive yourself. Like I live in Edinburgh, a few lads live in Glasgow, so you've got a drive up, which obviously isn't ideal. But usually you're travelling with whoever's nearby, getting maybe 4 to 10, something like that, and then start training at 4 to 11 or 11 o'clock, train for maybe 2 hours, um, 45, something like that, get your lunch, get showered, do a bit of gym, depending on sort of the, the schedule, and then go home really, so you can't really complain of that, it's, 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 so, it's cool that it's a job.
0: Yeah, of course. Obviously, you work really hard. Um, do, is there, is it all tailored at St John's? Like, do you have your own specific gym programs and stuff?
1: Uh, it's difficult because at <laughs> the start of the season, it's all quite regimented and it's strict in what you do. But as soon as sort of a midweek game comes in, it kind of it's difficult to keep it going because you can't do two or three gym sessions a week when you're playing twice a week. So it's hard to sort of juggle that, and then it gets kind of independent where you do it when you feel. Feel you need it, but if you're playing say like 90 minutes Wednesday and Saturday, you're not going to do a gym session on Tuesday like you normally would. So it's it's difficult, but it is it's you get like a a degree of independence to do it, which is quite nice. It's not like you're not forced to do anything. You just do what you feel, what feel you need, and that's good for. I mean, you need to be as professional as possible, so it's good in that way. But at the start of the season, like the next few weeks, will be quite quite strict in what you do.
0: Sure, yeah, if somebody's not doing it, they'll be pulled up. <laughs> you know, like, I don't feel I need it. It's like, well, you're very slow, so let's up that <laughs> a wee bit. Um, Were you at the club? I know they've built the kind of grass pitch now behind the stadium, which is which is class. Were you there when that was there, or did you have to go to, they used to go to, like, Sterling and stuff, didn't they, to train?
1: Uh, I was there before, yeah, so it was used to be a Stirling, or was it a Thursday? I remember what, it was one of those two. A sterling was all right, because we still... Like, It was a good setup there, but the uni's been refurbished for ages, so that's been out the window recently. But
0: it's something
1: we used to in pre season, especially we used to go to Kilgraston school there.
0: Oh, yeah, it's
1: tracks painted out, running tracks. We've got a run around there, which is a bit which isn't nice because you sort of get that feeling of pre season in your stomach when you're pulling up, which is mm-hmm. a bit minging. But since that thing's been done up around the back of the training ground, well, I say training ground and the stadium, it's it does feel like it's a proper training ground there yeah so it's got the big side gates around the back
0: no i think it looks really impressive when you're you're driving around the back now they've kind of taken that away for that road um, and all the blue fences and stuff so yeah i guess it's just modernizing it's a, it's a real community club so we all know you know we don't have the finances to make some huge complex but it's slowly building i guess
1: no it's got, we've got what we need so you don't exactly just, like you can't really complain you've got pictures you've got up there. Got all the gear, you've got a gym inside. Might not be the biggest, but you've got all you need, so not
0: mm-hmm.
1: like any ambassador to uh, high maintenance as well. We just get on with it.
0: I thought, um, I live, like, honestly, I can see Celtic Park from a window right now. And uh, when Celtic hit out with that comment uh, mid season, I think it was, you know, that the St Johnson training room, uh, changing room was so small they couldn't. Uh, Follow protocols like a bit of deflection about their we trip away. Yeah. I thought it was ridiculous because anyone who's ever played up, at even just the seven asides, changing rooms are massive there. I know. I, I
1: know. thought that was a bit weird because we give them four change. It's like I don't know if you've ever played in the Astro there. It's got yeah, be,
0: yeah.
1: It's the Astro change rooms. They get four changing rooms.
0: Exactly, big open hall yeah, down the way.
1: are open so you can get in and out easily, and it's yeah. not just teams under the bus, but no. it's a lot bigger than some some places maybe that
0: for sure man yeah and you can open
1: the doors it's sort of and it it was weird but as you said it probably was a wee deflection on there
0: oh i i was (laughs) loving it i was loving it that week i was like let me show you some photos back in the day (laughs) um i've had a lot of people on this podcast um who whether they're musicians um i've had some kind of like professional athletes never never footballer but Talking about like kind of mindset and stuff like that, um, obviously some people are just, and that's probably why you make it to the top, you know, you're just um, naturally not really phased or things like that. But has there ever been anything you've had to work on or or has there been routines that, that, that help you if you're ever feeling, I don't know, um, nervous or there's been criticisms or you're trying to get up to the level you know you can, you can get to? Is there anything that kind of you use?
1: Uh, there's nothing I use in particular I try not to get too sort of, set in a routine because then if something comes up and you can't do or you can't say eat the same thing before a game or something like that I don't I don't let it affect me because that will get in your head and you'll end up playing you won't end up playing well and it's just one of them things you got to like even if you play three games in a week you got to tell yourself you feel alright mm-hmm. and then once you get started the adrenaline takes you through but I don't have any sort of set routines or superstitions or anything because I just think you can think about it too much are mm-hmm. just getting your head like convince yourself that something's going to happen or you're not going to do this or do that and I just sort uh, of see what happens it's kind of, kind of there's not much science to it and I'm sure people have got stuff that helps them but for me there's not much science to it I just uh see what happens take it as they go and it just it's it's all gone well so far I'm sure maybe if I taste a bit of sort of a, a bad spell or uh team struggling or something like that. You maybe think about doing stuff differently, but especially the last sort of six months has been all—it's been pretty much all good for the team and for me personally. So, just
0: that's, yeah, away. that's great, man. And I think that's credit to obviously your character. You seem like quite a, a child laid-back guy. So, I guess you're just working hard at training, and you know that you can do it on the training pitch. So, why treat the match differently and just
1: yeah, exactly. Keep,
0: Do you you kind of just take it like play by play rather than trying to worry about the whole match ahead of you?
1: Oh yeah, well sometimes in training I'll have a stinker throughout the whole training you just go like jeez that was was terrible there and then you just go well, there's nothing you can do about it now is there? Even in games if you do something wrong you've just got to say nothing you can do about it now even if it like thankfully nothing too bad has happened but if you give the ball away and the other team's counter-attacking, you're just praying, please don't score, please don't score, and then yep. the ball goes out, you're like, that's ah, fine now. There's nothing you can do about it now. Yep. But you just you sort of can't dwell on it too much, and you're always going to get, like, if you have a poor training, you're always going to train again tomorrow.
0: Yep, 100%. So,
1: like there's going to be another game, you're going to get on the ball in five minutes if you do something bad, so I just sort of think, you can't dwell on it too much or you're just getting your own head, and that's sort of the worst thing you can do, for me personally
0: anyway. No, that's good advice, solid. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm sure it's probably uh, quite obvious in terms of teams, but who's been your kind of biggest challenges in terms of um, opponents in the league, like battles you've had with the uh, other SPL players?
1: Uh, well, in terms of teams, Rangers and Celtic are obviously a step above, so you kind of approach those games a wee bit different. But then again, saying that, the two games we had against Rangers towards the end, we kind of had nothing to, well, not nothing to lose, but they were expected to win, like, to beat us, to knock us out of the cup and carry on the own beating. So we just sort of pressed them a wee bit more than we maybe have done previously, and it, it worked, because especially when you're at home and you're, the pitch maybe isn't so good or it's cold or something like that, if you go after them, it's a bit, you, you, we got a bit of joy after that. But in terms of players, who's a guy who's really good is probably underrated is Kamara from Rangers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he does the wee sort of body feints. So you think you're going to tackle him and then you shift it away and you're like, ah, oh, I've got to run back, man. Yeah. And it's like, you make the fans may maybe not notice stuff like that, but he doesn't do anything like too spectacular. But he just does wee sort of shifts and can't really get the ball off him. So you kind of just keep him further back and don't try and press him. But a few times I've thought, right, I'm getting him there and then he just shifts away and you're like, ah, oh, fucks it. Like, Tough
0: one, eh? You know, <laughs> Yeah, now,
1: that, yeah,
0: he's uh, he's been getting a lot of praise in the in the Euros as well. I think it's uh, it's been noticed a lot, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think he he'll probably have some interest this summer because he is he's a player that sort of, would probably suit the international international game or European game or something like that. So he's technically he's brilliant. So I'm sure he's got teams looking at him, especially if he's playing the Euros as well because
0: he's, he's he's a good
1: player. It's hard to play
0: against. Hundred percent. Um, right. Since we've since we've kind of snuck up on that on that topic, I'm not going to put anyone in the spot, but just in terms of feeling in the feeling in the camp. Obviously, the chairman himself came out in the paper a couple of couple of days ago, or maybe a week ago, and said that uh, you know certainly if Ali moves, it'll be you know it'll be our most expensive uh, sale ever, which. For any other club watching, they probably think, you know, means huge. But St Johnson, I always think, don't drive a hard enough bargain. <laughs> I mean, I think Callum Davidson's still a record sale. At like, yeah, what, yes. 1.7 million or something? Yeah, Stevie, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Stevie May. <laughs> does he? Aye. <laughs> Stevie May just scored 30, I think, and uh, won a Scottish Cup and didn't even go for a million. So uh, I think we need to be tougher negotiators. But um, on, that, on that point, what's the feeling within... The kind of the group because obviously, I'm sure you know you guys all love your time at St Johnson, us as fans love it, but we totally understand where we are as a club. You know, players should should be free to go on and do bigger things. And if you keep that relationship good, like you've seen with Callum at the end of his career, Stevie not at the end of his career but coming back, players feel welcome to come back if they've went and tried it. Do the guys? It could be driven by agents as well. Are they looking at bigger steps now? Or is it, right, look what we've done. We've got a European campaign. Let's maybe keep the group together for another year. Is there a feeling in the air? Have you talked about that with your teammates? Uh,
1: I can't speak for anyone else because we're not not back until next week. So I've not uh, spoken with the other lads, but I've not heard anything. So I'm just happy to to do what I've been doing. So as you said, we've got the European stuff to look forward to. I think I saw someone tweeted that it could be like, Galatasaray, P S V teams like that that we could get drawn against, yeah, which is like once in a lifetime type thing, isn't it? So
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's not as if any of us, I'm sure, I'm sure the Is maybe in any rush to go anywhere. And as you said, if you the club can negotiate a good fee for if something does happen, then it needs to be for a good, a good sort of price. But I would like me personally, I'm, I've not heard anything, so I'm I'm happy where I'm for now. So.
0: And that's good to hear. Um, and yeah, like you said there, with the with the European ties, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one finding it quite hard to figure out, like oh, what... Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Um, but I think there's a safety net, isn't there? So you play this big glamour tie. Obviously, all the odds are against us, but we're the team to, to play those kind of games. And if not, you've still got European football after that.
1: I think I think so. I think because we're going to the Europa League to start with, which obviously will be. A really tough game, and he'll have nothing to he's going to play against whoever we get. But if we do get beat in that game, I think we've got a. I don't think we're guaranteed group stage in that new thing, but I think we've got to play a playoff or something like that in mm-hmm. that conference thing. I think it's called. I, I don't know. There's so many different uh, variables that can happen, but we'll
0: so yeah.
1: <laughs> just wait and see what happens. Yeah, I do think We've got to play that big Europa League thing first. So. But after,
0: yeah.
1: I don't think anyone knows.
0: But I think that's great. What what a great thing to look forward to because you know it's kind of like it, you can't lose really. You know you've got to play a team that's really fancied. I remember being a wee boy and seeing Monaco come with Monaco beat us three nil, and I think it was 1998. Yes. When were you When were you born? I
1: was 99. But I've, seen, I've seen the posters. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Up in the in the players' lounge in that the Monaco. Thing.
0: Amazing, and then they came here, you know, they had World Cup winner, they had the uh, Bartes. they had Dado Perso, they had Trezeguet, Diego Simeone, and we drew with them three all at McDermott, you know, it was absolutely phenomenal. So, Were well, you yeah. Yeah, yeah I was there, mate, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my wee cousin sat in the Ormond stand, and uh, I don't know why, maybe just socioeconomic issues, you know, it's a bit harder these days with uh, the rising in cost of living, but we used to get much bigger uh, crowds back then. I remember being at the game. of
1: that game. It looks packed.
0: Yeah, it was full. Yeah, um, and even games. So you know, a few weeks before that, or maybe a month before that, um, the last game of the season. It was uh, Saints versus Dundee, and we needed to win to get into Europe. And uh, you know, that was full. You just wouldn't get that in the SPL now. You know.
1: I know. Yeah, it's difficult with this, uh, the prices going up and stuff. But
0: yeah,
1: is it? for me, it does seem expensive. But
0: it's not my choice, really. Is it? <laughs> Yeah, you need (laughs) to go and chap on Steve's Steve's (laughs) door. (laughs) Listen, mate. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I hope, obviously, with uh, what you've done this season, you know, we get more crowds in there. But um, it's comparable to the rest of the country. It's not like St. Johnson have this tiny um, support. It's based on population, I think. We get the same as everywhere else. It's just uh, all supports are kind of a bit lower, aren't they?
1: I know, but... Uh, what, it makes you wonder what this season would be like if, if obviously because we were doing well what it would be like if
0: like fans had been allowed in 100% I, I still don't it doesn't feel it'll feel very real to you guys but like I watched it on TV you know I was at the Scottish Cup final um, saying to my wife uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time but my wife, my wife now that you know we'll never see this happen again and then <laughs> I was sitting here watching the League Cup one and the I was like we'll never see this happen again then two weeks later I know. Um but for the fans, I don't think it's proper, proper sunk in. And as soon as they announce, like, surely they'll announce the Perth Council, like, when it's safe to do so, like, a, a oh, celebration.
1: A wee tear thing, but that yeah.
0: Sure it's to happen, it Aye, 100%. What were the celebrations like for yourselves after the Cups, or, or the second Cup, probably?
1: Uh, well, yeah, the first Cup, the was because that was sort of peak lockdown. Mm-hmm so everything was shut after that you couldn't like go anywhere we had a game it was a Sunday and we had a game on the Wednesday so we're in training on the Monday so there's a few hungover bodies anyway but
0: yeah like because I think we
1: all just celebrated separately we were desperate to do something but like we went out which just wasn't great but then we we certainly made up for it in the Scottish Cup anyway so after the after the game we just went back up to Perth and then uh had a few beers in the in one of the suites like players only so it was all kind of spread out as, as it had to be. It still wasn't quite normal. But it was better than better than the League Cup I'd say. Then on the Sunday we all went out in Perth and so sort I of went to a few pubs there and it was good.
0: Aye I saw some of the footage. So like the Cherry Bank and then uh mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember, is it the King James or something but uh Sean Rooney was singing his own song on karaoke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are singing that the weekend
0: <laughs> I've got loads of mates in London just now uh, well they'll be coming back but they were down for the Scotland game and Rooney's in about 40 pictures we were I on the <laughs> <laughs> in totally
1: he's
0: brilliant is he uh, I think he's on open goal today isn't he
1: actually I saw that just before I
0: came on here he don't, a... don't. Let's don't worry Ali this is a better podcast I I promise <laughs>
1: Keep <laughs> worrying him on that. I don't know what he could say. Anything,
0: though. oh, crazy that's slain his mentally. Oh, I
1: know they've, they've been brilliant over the past week or so, it's been, <laughs> like, there's been loads of stuff.
0: Aye, they're
1: buzzing at Scotland qualified in, right, Because like, they've had their wee, like everyday thing.
0: Aye, 100%. Yeah. I am, I, I take it you obviously still support Scotland as well, you know, your, your yeah, bond. I to win, yeah. That.
1: I'm not going to or anything, I still want them to win all my pals, I was watching the game on Friday with all my pals, they're all Scotland fans, so they were, it was a good game actually, and they, and they were They were buzzing with the result obviously, so I'm not going to like not support them, I still want them to win and stuff.
0: Just not against NI. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do you think they'll do well on, uh, on oh, tomorrow against Croatia?
1: Uh, I hope so, I saw Billy Gilmore tested positive today though, which isn't, which isn't ideal, he was, he was good on Friday, he's good, I think he should have probably played the first game as well, but yeah. Uh, so that could be a wee blow for them, because he was good on Friday, but I hope they can do it, Croatia haven't been that good anyway, so hopefully they can, they can turn up and do it, but it will be difficult.
0: He's another one of that, um, you know, I, I said, comparable to like Jack Wilshere, but um, he's another one of the same type of player as yourself, I think, and yeah, it's maybe seen like the knock-on effect of those great Barca teams that guys like you, and you're probably similar age to him, are you?
1: Uh, I'm a few years older, actually.
0: So. Yeah, but you've yeah. already been wee kids watching Barca, and it's obviously yeah. how the coaches have, have taught it for a while now.
1: Yeah, well, I played against him in a 20s game a few years ago. I was playing I was playing right back, actually, uh, at Airdrie, and he was, I think he was like 15. He was this wee guy in the centre mids, but he was brilliant, even then. <laughs> He was like the youngest guy, smallest guy there, but he was the best player. I was like, who is he? He's he's, he's decent. He'll probably go far. I don't think not long after that, I think he went down to Chelsea. So it's like no surprise really, because he is a good player. And you can see it when he plays for Chelsea as well.
0: Yeah. It's quite a change to, you know, maybe two decades ago when, you know, if you weren't, I don't know, six foot, you probably were just getting pushed away. You know, it's uh, good that it's not all about that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> not good for um, me anyway, and we're
0: seeing better players because of it you know
1: uh, well you can see it in the standard the player that's coming through anyway It's so mm-hmm. even like again, is it, I know he's strong and he's sort of like stocky in that and strong but he's, he's not the tallest he's not the biggest he doesn't go and like bully anyone which and even Tierney and Robertson they're probably the best too and he's and they're not giants are they so
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: probably a good thing for the country in general that sort of mindset is, has moved on well hopefully it has anyway
0: 100%. Um, so you said you're going back to pre-season next week. Have you guys been given any kind of briefing of what to expect, uh, or do you know uh, what to expect?
1: It's sort of the same old you Always get a wee bit nervous turning up on the first day. They're like you're gonna get, you're gonna get it doing here, but you just <laughs> got to get through the first week. So it, I've not had any. Man just said take two weeks after after I got back from. International no running, which is quite nice. When he phoned me, and said, "I said don't do anything for two weeks." It was quite nice, so I didn't have to do anything. But now that we're going back, I'm sure it'll be. It's hard. It's always hard. You can't get out of it. You just sort of got to do it, and then afterwards you do feel good. But it is tough. It's not a nice, not a nice maybe first ten days of that. It's pretty big to be fair.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough league next season as well because a lot of the other kind of teams below us. Looking to start, you know, recruiting some good bodies. We've got obviously another derby in there with Dundee coming up. So, it'll be an exciting season already, I think.
1: Yeah, well, we've got Hips Hearts and Dundee, Dundee United as well. Got oh, all
0: Hearts, the, of course, yeah.
1: It'll be, it's going to be difficult, but it probably makes the league a better standard, more competitive, which is, which is going to be good to be a part of, to be fair. It's going to be difficult, but the derby games do make it a bit, a bit more exciting as well, a bit of needle and those. So, that's nice. Another thing to sort of Look at the calendar and pencil in and say you can just go and beat them if you know
0: what I mean. Beat in the cup. Yeah. They they don't want any part of it either. They don't they don't think we're a derby, but that's just because we beat them all the time.
1: I saw <laughs> that before the game.
0: It? <laughs> I know. We just need <laughs> to get. Aye,
1: yeah.
0: ah, exactly. More incentive. It was the old um, Tommy Wright and Neil McCann at the sidelines. Hey, eh? that kind I of t- stand
1: that day. Actually, the, the, the big fight. I <laughs> Andrew and Neil
0: McCann. The phone was funnier than when they're holding me to a shoulder. <laughs> oh, I loved that. It was great. <laughs> and you've got Tommy Wright doing the, the big fans, getting them up. <laughs> oh, it was class. Um, what's your kind of, I mean, you seem pretty level-headed, so I'm not expecting you to, to say too much here, but what's your aspirations as a footballer? Is it just to, to, to push on as, as much as you can, or do you have kind of goal-setting?
1: Uh, I don't really set any goals, which is probably what you expected because you don't want to sort of disappoint yourself. But you just want to <laughs> play at the highest level as what you can and what you believe you can. Obviously, internationally, I want to get as many caps as I can possibly and hopefully take get into a competition because that's what you, they're the big stages. You can see every day now. Everyone's watching pretty much every single game. And they're the big stages you want to play on. So that internationally would be sort of the goal for me. But that that we just got out. So sort of test yourself. You don't you don't want to have your career thinking you could have done this, could have done that. So that's just the way I've got to think about it. But at the moment, it's it's been brilliant for the past like well, two years. But the last sort of, three months in particular has been sort of, well well with the league cup and then getting in the top six when we scored when beat Ross County and Glenn scored like oh it kind of felt like winning a cup as well <laughs> afterwards because Hamilton scored. I think was it Hamilton scored late on to the beats or draw the St Martin or something That's like
0: that? That's right,
1: yeah. That, that in itself is like almost cause for celebration.
0: hundred percent, yeah.
1: When I was, I was isolated and we watched the Livy game, it was probably the worst game ever, watching the 0-0 in the last game of the season. Uh, I was so nervous watching that and then after that it was like fifth and then Scottish Cup after that it was like constant good things happening. It was like pinch yourself almost.
0: Yeah, brilliant man. And the Kilmarnock game, I think, was it maybe two weeks before or something, where you came from two 0
1: Yeah, two 0 at halftime. Yeah.
0: That that in itself, you know, you're you're seeing these big things happen, and you must just feel like you're riding on a wave, like right, this is just falling into place. <coughs>
1: actually, Kilmarnock on itself was a weird one because we'd actually played quite well in the first half. We conceded quite early on, which was quite annoying, but after that, we were we kind of popped it around a wee bit, and we thought we could we should have scored a couple of goals there. It's two at half time. And I was thinking if we do score one, we're probably gonna win.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I think Guy scored. And then after that, I just thought we're gonna win this game and we just sort of peppered them until we did, we did and then I think we deserved it. But that was kinda at a point where we didn't really feel like we would lose any games like that after this. Not really any, like sounds a bit sort of cocky at that, but it's just sort of there's confidence throughout the team. Where at games like that, we just thought we'd get the better of the teams around us. I'd explain it wasn't anything in particular. It was just sort of a mindset.
0: No, I think that makes perfect sense. I don't think uh, the players I ever come across as cocky, and it's probably from the manager, isn't it? It's just a, a, a built-in kind of resilience, a belief in what you do. You know, you can, you know, you could lose games, so it's on the edge, but it won't be for lack of kind of hard work. And I yeah, think okay. that's what you alluded to earlier. It was. You know, if you make a mistake or that, it's not for lack of focus or trying, like things will happen, so just brush it off and go to the next one.
1: Yeah, exactly. We were just sort of as you said, riding on the crest of the wave. It was just one thing after the other. We just managed to get over everything. Even even though if we did lose here and then against Livy and Aberdeen sort of thing, we just the next game it was just sort of reset and just went for it again. It was it was a good time to be a part of to be fair. Mate's all the sort of the start of the season where it wasn't so good to kinda of it's worth it because we got to that stage in the end
0: do you obviously we're, we're right at the start of your career um, but do you do you think about what you want to do in kind of 15 years time or so would you would you want to stay in football long term
1: uh, I haven't really put my mind to it I'd like to obviously stay in and around it and be involved in some respect but you never know what's going to happen to be honest like obviously anything you could be anywhere could doing anything but to, to see pros that go into sort of coaching in the media it does it all looks looks all good fun you see like liam craig's sort of dipping his toe in a few things and he's been doing his coaching badges sort of taking reserves for training sessions and he loves it and it just looks it does look like it's enjoyable so i can't I couldn't say now what i'm going to do but i'd like to
0: i'd
1: like to like to think i'd be involved in some respect
0: maybe a future uh Callum Davidson mark too, mate. I <laughs> Who knows?
1: Now, okay.
0: <laughs> he wouldn't have known at the start either, mate. <laughs> just get Leicester on the phone. Follow the footsteps. <laughs> um, what about in terms of uh, kind of youngsters coming through? Is there anyone that's taking your eye or anyone you know and breaking through? Uh,
1: the big goalie just signed New Deal, Ross Sinclair. He's brilliant. He's had a tough time. I think he, like had... Stress fractures in both his wrists, which isn't ideal for a goalie to be fair. No, no, cast in both arms for a few months, but you're angry back now, so he's he's really good, he's a good player. Uh, and who else? Young Sam Dem- Denham's good, center half, he's a good yeah. player. He's sort of following well, hopefully, what Jason did. He's been out on loan at uh Edinburgh City, so uh, Jason's played like 100 games on loan, so if he could do anything like that and then sort of readies you for coming in. So he's he's good, he's promising looking forward.
0: Brilliant. And those guys are are they training with you already or are they still on their age groups? Obviously he's yeah. on loan just now, but
1: it's kind of been confusing recently <laughs> with the sort of reserve league is kinda of, isn't really a thing anymore, to be honest. It was good for when I was younger. We played twenties games every week and every every like pro team had a twenties twenties team. But I don't know I don't know what's happening with that. It's kinda of went out the window a wee bit. And with COVID and stuff, you've got to test everyone that you've got in. So you can't have sort of financially. You don't want to have players in if there's no games and stuff. So it's kind of been complicated, but so it means that everyone's been training together. Like like Ballantyne uh, Ballantyne as well, who's been alone at Montrose for a while. He's he's brilliant as well. So he'll, he'll, I'd imagine he'll come back in pre season with us and like being in and around it come in this season.
0: Brilliant mate. Um, we'll finish up uh, just with what, what what do you see as a success next season? like international St Johnston
1: Uh, it's it's hard to build on that season just there so I know uh, like there's no hopefully it feels like there's no been no break and you can just carry on and start like we like we finished but it might not work like that you just sort of got to see what happens I'd like to think that we'd be up and in around top six again although albeit it'll be a probably a slightly harder league if sort of Hearts and Dundee come back in they'll they'll be good teams so it'll be difficult but you'd like to back yourself and think if you get that top six again. And like we did last season, we just sort of said if we get as far in the Cups as we can, I <laughs> don't think we we're going to end up winning them both, but like, a Cup run's always nice. It kind of makes everyone excited, fans excited, players excited, so we can get, get a wee run in something like that. I know that'll be later on in the season, but if you can get something like that, it'd be pretty brilliant again.
0: Mhm. I
1: guess would be the plan going forward.
0: Class. Well, eh, uh... I really appreciate all your time, mate. Um, you know, I've not been able to speak to any other player personally. So, just what I say from every one of us who's a St. Johnson fan, mate, honestly, your, your hard work, you and the boys, like, I think obviously you guys are in the bubble and you have achieved it. It's you guys that own that success. But, um, yeah, thank, thanks from uh, every one of the fans because uh, your efforts have, have made a lot of people very happy.
1: That's no worries at all.
0: Brilliant, really, mate. Well, uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch and uh, all the best for the, the season and uh, hope pre-season's not too rough for you, man. <laughs> yes, so do I Yeah, class, man. Well, again, thanks, Ali, and enjoy That's the rest great. of your day, mate. You too, mate. Cheers. See you, Paul. Yeah, we're talking about you.